The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Thursday edition as we're getting close to finishing up the month of April. And we're so glad you're with us and hope you're doing well and having a good week. And uh, we're just glad you're taking time to be in the Word of God today. Uh, We're going to be in Ecclesiastes, if you're following along in your Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter number 8. And we're just going to start with the first five verses of this next chapter as we look at the idea of Solomon still talking and teaching on the aspect of wisdom. And in the last chapter, he broke down wisdom in basically three different aspects and the need of it, the power of it, the uh, impacts of it. And now what we're doing is we're kind of looking into chapter 8 where he gives wisdom in a very specific area dealing with authority. And this, this, is not, this is dealing with our earthly authority, but ultimately I think what it does is it helps us to understand the need to submission to the heavenly authority and why that sometimes can be complicated. So let's evaluate these passages. So I'm, uh, excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, Who is the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandments, and that in regard of the oath of God, be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing, for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. So he starts off asking the question, who is a wise man? Who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? And uh, the idea of really generally coming down to getting an understanding of wisdom. But he gives a very interesting point about the idea of a wise man. A man's wisdom maketh his faith to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. That first verse literally talks about the confidence that comes into the life and in the visual obvious confidence in the face of somebody who has true wisdom, who understands what's going on. So if you're dealing with a circumstance and you don't really know what's going on and you spend time with God, you seek advice and through the process of the steps you take, God answers your prayer and gives you clear direction. Sometimes that direction is not easy. Sometimes that direction offers and asks us to do things that make us seem complicated. But when it comes down to it, we know the direction. We're clear. When we've been given wisdom and clear direction on what to do, there's a boldness. There, and it's, it's really, it's a comfort from God, which gives a boldness to know that I know what God wants. It's not that I know anything, but I know what God wants. And since I know what God wants now, I can act upon that. So there's a boldness. You know, when you don't know really what to do in a circumstance, you're always nervous. I don't know what's, what's the answer. Am I right? Am I wrong? But when you get that direction from God that we talk about in James, James 5, that he gives wisdom liberally and holds back nothing. Once we are given that wisdom, well, then it's just go. If we're willing to be obey, if we're willing. James 5 talks about asking in faith, nothing wavering. Understanding that our faith, yes, it's in the wisdom God gives, but I must recognize that it is God who's giving it. And if God gives wisdom, and this is his wisdom, well, then I just follow it. I just go. Because this is, when he gives me something I don't always understand, I don't begin to question, is it his advice, is it me? Is God God, and is this his advice? And if it is, then I go. And he talks a bit for the next couple verses about submission to authority. And then let me break these verses down to explain what's going on, then we'll just uh, look at how it fits us practically. He says in verse 2, I counsel advise thee to keep the king's commandment, 
And then a regard of the oath of God. I, those in authority follow them because that's what God's asked you to do. Verse 3, be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing, for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Uh, he's, he is talking about a servant, but you see the idea of a king. Be, don't run away to try to do your own thing. Don't try and disappear. Don't try to kind of get away with things. Well, he won't notice me because he will. He will notice it, and, uh, he, and, and he does whatever he pleases. So I can argue and I can complain about the king and authority, but ultimately he has the authority. And his authority is there, and whether I like it or not, he can do what he wants. Then he says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Whatever the king says, whatever the authority says, his word carries with it power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? We can complain all we want about the authority over us and says, how dare you? What do you think you're doing? But they are still in control. They're still in power and they're going to do what they want. Now we can complain about it, whine about it, but what good does that do? So he says in verse four or five, whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. So there are times to do certain things, he says in the end, but when it comes down to it, if I keep the commandment, I'm not going to feel judgment. Simply put, when I owe obedience to the authority over me, I don't have to be anxious about a police officer passing me on the street. Or, As a matter of fact, shortly before I came in to record this, I looked out to... Um, uh, our parking lot. This happens frequently throughout the week, and, and I appreciate this. We had a police officer, a cop, and a car, and two officers were leaning on the car talking to each other. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think they were coming in to talk to me because they never knocked on the door. They often, and we, we encourage them, sit there, fine, you know, take some time to relax. We love their presence. We love the police. And it also, especially at nighttime when they're here, those who may want to come cause grief, stay off the property. But I didn't look out the door and get nervous because there's two cops on property because I'm not worried about it. I've been in obedience to them. We're doing everything we can in property to be obedient to them. So I know I'm not worried about them. So he's talking about submission to earthly authority. And that earthly authority to us is going to be President Biden. It's going to be Governor Wolf. It's going to be the mayor of your prospective city that you live in, the police that are there. And here's the problem. We live in a day where everybody's screaming to fight against authority. Everybody says, don't listen to that authority. By the way, they say don't listen to that authority until they're in that authority. You know, politicians fight, don't listen to that person, they're an idiot. And then the moment they hold that position, how come you're not listening to me? Because you've degraded the position of authority. So there's a level of authority that we're to follow. But can I encourage you that it goes a little step further? When we, one of the reasons that the, the sinful culture of the world wants to degrade authority is every authority is a picture to God, a picture of God, an ultimate authority. And if I struggle with my father, if I struggle with uh, my boss, if I struggle with the police, if I struggle with government, well, I'm having a problem with the picture of authority, and therefore I'm going to struggle with God. Now, one of the battles why that happens today is generally people don't like authority because they feel like authority gets in the way of their own idea. Now, in this passage, we can make the application simply that the idea that we should also submit to God's authority. But, you know, some people don't like that. Let me give you an example of something I read I thought was good. If you have somebody who pretty much your life is going the way you want it to, everything's comfortable, finances are fine, everything's following your plan, the idea of God stepping in with his plan you don't like because it's interrupting yours. But the fact is, your plan will be interrupted in its life. There's no way to ever control everything. And when it does, when you're pushing God aside, well, then there's chaos. You know what? When we think about the idea of God, some people get nervous because, well, he's a powerful God, and he, if I mess up, he's ready to strike me down. Well, that's, that's, that, that just shows you don't know the God of the Bible. You don't know the true God of heaven. 
you know other people's view of God or a negative view of God for maybe a, a valid frustration, but the true God of heaven, you know, he tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may attend mercy and, and find grace to help in time of need. You know what he also tells us? We have complete freedom to go to God. We have complete freedom to question God about what's going on. We even have complete freedom to question him. As long as we understand that when it's all said and done, his answer is his answer. I can question what's going on. I can question him because I want to learn from him. But the moment I see, you know what, this is your answer. I don't like it. Well, then I've gone too far. He is God and I am to fear him. I am to reverence him. I am to follow him. In the moment I look at what God is doing and I fight it and I go away, I have gone against the ultimate authority. Here's the thing to remember, though. When I submit myself to him, in that protection of authority, I get the same benefits as if I submitted, even more than if I submitted to authority. I don't worry about the police and I can see them as my protection. Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't worry about them because I'm doing right. I I don't worry. They walk on, what did I do? Because I have not done anything wrong. But even more with God, I don't have to worry. Even if I've done wrong, God's not looking to strike me down. He's looking to bring me in and help me and reconcile. But the world tells you, you have to be perfect or God hates you or whatever, and you don't understand God. And when I'm willing to submit myself to an almighty God, what I'm literally doing is I'm placing my life into the hands of a God who loves me, a God who desires the best for me, and a God who in every bit of his power, if we allow him to, will protect and guide and and give us the best life and most fulfilling life we can have. It doesn't mean that life will come without its problems, but it means he'll be there in the midst of those problems. The key is whether I'm willing to submit to the idea of authority. And when I do it, and by the way, there will be some authority on the earth that are going to abuse authority. And it doesn't make a difference where they're from. Men given authority have a tendency to abuse the authority. So if we're willing to acknowledge that and say, it's okay, but I'm still going to submit because God told me to, that's when he says I can lead a quiet and peaceable life with all godliness and honesty. This is not always an easy one, but it's truly a necessary one. It's counterculture to thinking today, but it's biblical thinking. May we strive to our best to one submit to God, his authority, and then the authority is placed over us to the best of our ability. What I mean by that is as long as the authority is not asking us to go against God's word, we live in submission to them to the best we can. So thank you again for joining us today. I, ho- I know this is a little trickier. It's definitely counterculture, uh, but it's definitely needed. That's where the Bible speaks truth. Not necessarily a political point, it speaks truth. And that's what we hold to. We hold to the truth of God, no one's posi- no opinion, and that's where blessing comes from. We're willing to listen to and follow in obedience the will of it and the truth of God's word. Again, thanks for joining us. I hope this is a help. I hope it explains and gives us something to consider in our personal lives. And again, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.